0: This is Monty in the Morning. The show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. A pleasure to be with you, my friends. Happy Friday. Jake? Yes. It is, does it feel like Friday? Oh, it feels like Friday. This week's been an absolute ass kicker. It has been an absolute ass kicker. Uh, as was the NBA draft for Jazz fans last night. Linda. Linda. Slow your roll, bro. Slow your roll. The panic in Jazz Nation was real last night, so we'll talk all about that. Winners and losers in the draft last night. I thought there were some real shocking moves. Um, obviously, the Paulo Banquero number one, Jabari Smith, number three. And there was one thing in that situation that I loved. We'll update you on the latest with Kyrie Irving, what's going on with Rudy Gobert in the Utah Jazz. All of that coming up right here on the Monty Show this morning. Um, and by the way, I had the best Italian dinner that I think I've had in years. I'll tell you where. All kinds of good stuff. It was amazing and stuff. Do you know what the metaverse is? Will you pay Netflix to show you ads? All kinds of good stuff coming up. Make sure, though, right now you hit subscribe because we are rocketing up the billboards. I don't know what that means. We have a uh, lot of subscribers coming to the show. Uh, we are currently at forty-eight ninety-three. Almost there. So we are just. We a, are almost a, there. A hundred and seven. Yeah. Subscribers away from giving you a PlayStation Five, uh, right here on the Monty Show. When we get to five thousand subs, we are going to give you a PlayStation Five on the show. So if you're here right now, give us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe so you get your shot to win the whole kit and caboodle. But without further ado, let's talk about the NBA draft and the Utah Jazz. It was a very quiet night for the Utah Jazz last night. And I think that's shocked a lot of people. Shock is not the word that I would use. Was I surprised? Sort of. I thought that the Jazz would prioritize a first-round pick in this draft. They clearly did not. And the question that I think has to come to mind is, what now what next what are the utah jazz doing and if if you remember one thing that i've told you repeatedly remember that this is a very long summer there's a lot of time there is an end goal that the Utah Jazz are working towards, Jake, and I think this is just a process and them navigating those waters.
1: It is a process, but I also think that the fan base is not about waiting forever to get a deal done. You know, I think people are hungry. I think people want want movement, and and that I'm not sitting here saying that the Utah Jazz care about that or that they should care about that. I think that they need to, you know, approach the process um, properly, which they are. Uh, I would have loved to have seen them make a move last night. Not even just with the idea of like getting into the first round, but I think with the idea of of, of moving the ball forward and, and getting the Rudy deal done. Like like I was saying yesterday, I just think that, you know, yeah, sure it's a process, but Danny Ainge clearly has an expectation of like what what they're gonna get back from Rudy Gobert. Uh, and he's not going to make the move until they get that. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Danny Ainge uh, finds, the, finds the middle ground on making a deal so that the Utah Jazz can move on from Rudy Gobert. And frankly, I think that the Utah Jazz not being in the draft is a really um, interesting thing. It, it, it's almost uncomfortable to say the words, hey, the Utah Jazz were not in the 2022 NBA draft. It's kind of crazy to say that. And so, you know, when you combine that thought process with what we saw go down at the top of the draft last night, I think it's a really interesting time for the organization. But overall, I think I I, I definitely want to say that if you're a Utah Jazz fan, like, we shouldn't be panicking. There shouldn't be the hysteria on Twitter about, oh, well, now they're not going to trade Rudy, and we're just running it back. I must have saw, dude, last night I must have saw, like, I don't know, 20, 30 tweets uh, from different accounts saying, oh, well, the Jazz just want to run it back, and if that's the case, I'm jumping off the ship until you know 2024 or whatever. Like That's not what's happening here. You have to understand that, yes, it's a process, but inside of that process, you have to understand the Jazz are not in a position to make a deal with ease. There are a lot of things at play. There are a lot of complexities for the Utah Jazz, and I think that that whether they make a deal with the Chicago Bulls, or whether you know it, it, it's with another team, I think you just have to understand that this Rudy Gobert 50 million dollar deal is not an easy one to make, and that's why I think you're gonna hear the 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 word a lot. Hey, this is a process because it is a process, but I think you know, what you also have to understand is fans are hungry, man. Fans are tired of of having the same conversation. Is Don leaving? Is Rudy getting traded? Like, are we gonna trade Mike? Like, I think there's some burnout factor on that. And that's why I think that the fan sentiment right now is is a little uh a little anxious, a little ready for some movement.
0: Yeah, and I, I just think that you can't be so quick to react. You can't have these knee-jerk reactions. I think again, and you know, one of the first comments we got this morning, which, which I think was a very good question by Jake R. Do we trust that Danny Ainge has bigger plans after not making any moves during the draft? Great question. A, a, A great question, Jake. I think, I do trust Danny Ainge. I mean, Why? What's your what's your reason for trusting him? Well, I, you know, I, I think when you look at Danny and you look at his experience and you look at his track record, that's all you really have to go on with Danny Ainge. And I think if you look at what he did in Boston, if you look at the way he's executed throughout his career as an executive, he seemingly always has a plan. Why would that change now? And that doesn't mean you agree with the plan. That doesn't mean you like the plan. But he has a plan. And from what I understand and what sources of jazz are telling me, they simply were not able to get a deal that they liked. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to just make a deal for the sake of making a deal. They knew from the get, from the moment that Danny Ainge was hired as a CEO last fall, because I know he only started this job in December, but Danny Ainge was in place last fall. He began consulting Ryan Smith last fall. They knew at that point that this was not going to be a club that you build through the draft. So it's not surprising. I think it would have taken, and from what I'm told, it was going to take the perfect deal to make a trade last night for the Utah Jazz. It is, It really is that simple. That deal didn't come along. The good news is they're in a position where nothing's broken, nothing's lost. They still have every opportunity in the world to move Rudy Gobert to Chicago, to Atlanta, to any number of suitors because there's not a lack of teams pursuing Rudy Gobert. That simply is not the situation. Mm-hmm. It's the right trade that nets you the return that you're looking for and Jake, yeah, I have I have every reason to believe that they, that they are going to make that deal. Nothing, in my opinion, and from what I've been told, has changed with Rudy Gobert.
1: Yeah, and I think that you know when it comes to Danny Ainge and his reputation, I mean, I completely agree that I think you have to go off his track record. But again, you know, I, I I can't emphasize this enough. Like for for the Utah Jazz, for the fans, like for everybody involved in this conversation, with whatever side you're on, I understand why you want the Rudy deal to go down. But I would pose this question to you. Would you rather them last night have made a deal in in haste and like n- probably not gotten what they what they truly wanted or what they truly feel is the proper value for Rudy Gobert, or would you rather come out, you know, three weeks from now, let's say, or whenever it comes out, like down the line? Would you rather come out down the line that the Utah Jazz made a deal with Chicago that sends Rudy Gobert to the Bulls and you got a, a great trade package back? which would you prefer? And I'm telling you you got to be patient and it is a process, but I also am the guy who has been saying that every day that goes by uh that they don't make this deal is another day that you're that you're running out of time and and I only say that not to say that they should rush, but to say that they're not in a position to run it back with this current roster. You're not in a position to to bring Rudy Gobert back at this stage. and that's why I say it's just a really, interesting situation. Do I think that there's any reason to panic? No, I don't. Do I think that they're going to trade Rudy Gobert? A hundred percent, a thousand percent. Rudy Gobert is going to get traded. He's not coming back to the Utah Jazz, and it's just a matter of putting the proper deal together. And I'm assuming, um, and we talked about this earlier in the week, I'm assuming the reason that this deal has not happened yet is because Chicago's got to go and get, uh, they were working on some draft capital, and they're still working on it, I would guess, for future drafts. So that's probably what's
0: holding this deal up. Yeah, I just, I'm not the guy that's going to panic. Like, I mean, it it is not concerning to me um, that they didn't make a move last night. And I think when you look at um, the question that I think is overwhelmingly on Utah Jazz fans' minds, which is, what's next for the Utah Jazz? The same thing that was next yesterday. Um, I think you are trying to make the best deal possible. And, And as we head for July in NBA Free Agency, um, I think you're going to see that deal get done. And when you look at what's going on around the NBA, look at this Kyrie Irving situation. Look at what you know the Knicks did last night with Kemba Walker. Um, you know, And we're going to get into those deals in a minute. But teams are maneuvering behind the scenes. Uh, from what I understand, the Jazz had deals they could have done last night, but those deals didn't net them the return that they felt like they needed for Rudy Gobert. So why are you going to make a trade that you don't feel like is the best situation for you? Jazz fans, I think you just have to relax. And I uh, I think that jazz fans have to embrace the fact, Jake, that this is a process. And mm-hmm. I, I certainly don't think that this is at all um, a negative thing that they didn't make a deal last night. No,
1: and I don't think they made a mistake. I don't think they've misstepped. I don't think that that there's some kind of problem here. But, again, I I, I think that it has to be said again and again, like, like Utah jazz fans are not thrilled right now. And I understand the organization – probably doesn't give a rat's ass about how you feel about anything. No. Like, honestly, they don't. But I, I, I think that I don't want to come on the show today and say, hey, you guys are totally off base with how you feel. You are off base with the things you're saying about, well, now they're not going to trade Rudy Gobert. That's completely wrong. But I understand why you want the deal to happen. I get it. I level with you. Like, hey, like we need we wanna see some movement here. We wanna see some traction. Like we wanna see Danny Ainge live up to the the God status that he is as an executive that we've been hearing for months on end now. So so I understand. But is that and get fair? It. Wait, 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 Yeah, I do is think it, it's is fair. Is that fair do, though
0: when we're talking yeah. about um, you know, God status or yeah. you know, like I I just don't know that that's that that putting that label on him it's necessarily well, has fair. He not,
1: has he not been labeled as one of the best executives in the league? Has Ryan Smith not called him the best basketball mind in basketball? Like I think that Ryan Smith has had extremely sure. high praise for Danny Ainge. I think that Danny Ainge has been regarded as as is, you know, this this great pickup for the Utah Jazz. And again, I'm not sitting here saying he hasn't done a good job. I just think he hasn't had the chance to make a move yet. Like or he has had the chance. It just the right deal hasn't like sort of come together yet for him to pull the trigger on it. And and that's why I say like I, I think that when it comes to fan sentiment and like how people are feeling about the Utah Jazz right now, they're thirsty for something to happen. And I think part of the reason for that is because Danny Ainge is regarded as like, hey, like one of the best basketball minds in the league, like one of these guys that you can bring into your organization who will build a championship contender. And that's because of his track record. That's because of how highly Ryan Smith speaks about him. And, and so that's why I say, like, it's an exaggeration to say these were, you know, referred to as a God level executive? Well, sure, there's some exaggeration in that. But I don't think the sentiment is that
0: far off. I think Ryan has said that, hey, he's this great guy that's going to do some stuff for us. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. Now, I mean has Ryan Smith hyped up um Danny Ainge? Well, yeah, I I I would I would agree with that. And I think when we get into situations like we're in now, um, where the Utah Jazz had a very quiet night last night, yeah, I think that there is there is going to be consternation and concern amongst Utah Jazz fans. And I'm not even saying that that's unwarranted. I understand why you feel that way. Um, And, and reading some of the comments this morning, yeah, I think um, I look at Jeremy Bolton. He says, I don't think Danny would make a move just to make a move. I think yeah. that's exactly right, JB. I think you're, you're exactly right about that. Uh, Good morning, Gabe. He says, there isn't a player in the draft that turns the Jazz into an immediate Contender and every other trade option is still in play. Some folks really need to chill. That's right. And I look at the the Phoenix Suns, who I think um, are a perfect example of this. The Suns were not built through the draft. The Suns were built through veterans. um, And you were able to, if you're the Suns, you were able to draft a guy in Michael Bridges who came in and made an immediate impact. But why was that? He was a three year player. Mm -hmm. The guy was a guy. He stayed in college. He wanted a high level. You bring him in. He's not. He's not going to be Jabari Smith, who, who's a teenager, right? So when you look at teams that have a lot of success, you look at the struggles of the Golden State Warriors when they drafted Steph Clay and Dre. Those guys had growing pains. They were not great right out of the box. Like building through the draft has not been the way that guys like Danny Ainge have won championships and built perennial contenders. And I, and and frankly, that's why I say like this is a process. Be patient. And if you're patient, and I think much to, to Gabe Ledley's point, if you chill, and some people really do need to chill, right? I think you're going to see that the Jazz, when you come out on the other end of this, the Jazz are going to be a better team than they are today.
2: Just take a dice and AC, okay? Just relax.
0: Thank you. That's really all you need to do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Rudy Sanchez says, Jazz fans need to be patient and need to understand that if you don't make the team better or bring back a good return, it's not worth it. I totally agree with that. John Jackson, good morning to you. JJ says, there's a big name. Um, there's some big names that are up for trade deals. It's smart for the Jazz to look carefully at their assets to inquire better and i think you mean to acquire better players. Yeah, i agree with that. Yeah. I just don't think we've i don't think anything's been lost.
1: Yeah, i mean i don't think we're the the we're, we're not at some point where it's like, oh man, we got to start panicking like like the jazz missed the boat on some clear opportunity to to make themselves better. Like that's just not where we're at. But again, i can't help but but sort of empathize with some of the people saying like, man, we we you know, we really would have loved to have seen a deal. I would have loved to have seen a deal last night. However, Clearly as you know as the comments are saying and as we're sort of talking about here the 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 opportunities that the Jazz were presented with last night did not pan out because they didn't want them to pan out they they didn't like the value that they were getting back and and I can respect that I just don't want to get to camp and 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 be in a place where uh you know we're not thrilled with the roster you know like I want to get to I want day 1 of camp to open for this team and I want to feel like okay yeah, there's been a lot of changes, but we got something to work with here, you know. Got a new head coach hired. We got several new key contributors. Like we're feeling good about ourselves, you know. We got a new car here, so you know that's that's what ultimately I think this will result in at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and I I think when you look at Hollow uh, comment, he says I'm more concerned about us getting the right coach. Uh, I'm leaning towards Will Hardy, but glad that's not my decision to make. Well, <sighs> and again, I will I will just say I I think that. Um, and I I know we've talked a lot about this, but I think Will Hardy is is absolutely the the leading candidate for this gig. We told you, um, you know, the first week of June when this when Quinn Snyder resigned, that Will Hardy is going to be a guy you got to watch. Um, but I don't think there's any doubt Johnny Bryant's in the mix for this job. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that it's going to be a young assistant coach, as we've talked about, and I think they're going to try and get a Terry Stotts or somebody like that. Uh, to be their lead assistant. I would pay very close attention to Mike D'Antoni and Charlotte because they've not hired Mike D'Antoni and Charlotte yet. And that's a guy who is a phenomenal mentor. I don't know that Mike D'Antoni is the guy you want to hire as your head coach but certainly you'd love to have him as a lead assistant. Yeah. Um. And I know that he and Danny have a relationship. Uh, so my guess is that if Mike D'Antoni does not get the job in Charlotte, that he would certainly be a guy that they would call and count on. And I know that the Jazz want to have a veteran lead assistant and and beyond Alex Jensen, um, who I think is a candidate for this job, but I think it is highly unlikely that he would end up being the the, the head coach of the Utah Jazz. I think again it's Will Hardy. It's Johnny Bryan. Adrian Griffin to a lesser extent. I think I, I think we're now seeing that they are they are moving towards um Will Hardy. And I, I still maintain that Johnny Bryan is is one A to Will Hardy, who I think is number one. Um, and I believe there were reports to that yesterday, but I think the jazz want a young head coach, Jake, that has, has experience.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think that, that, that's the, you know, obviously that's like the ultimate, the ultimate thing. I mean, whether we're talking, you know, football or we're talking the NBA, like I, I think that finding a guy who's younger, who's energetic, but also has some experience and can relate to these guys and like can have a great relationship and it doesn't feel like dad coming down on son, but it feels more like, you know, coworkers partnership type vibe. I think that's when you get things like the Phoenix suns, you know, occurring. I mean, that's why, you know, the Phoenix suns happened because Monty Williams was, you know, he's, I wouldn't call him a young man, but certainly he's not an old man, you know? I, and I think that he's energetic. He He's respected. Like that's the kind of guy you're looking for. And so, I agree with the people who are saying that the Jazz can't necessarily take a risk on a head coach, but I don't think that you know the 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 Will Hardys of the world or the Johnny Bryants of the world uh, are are risks. I think that those are guys that have been primed and and built and 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 are ready for that next step. They just need to be given an opportunity. So yeah, I I think that you will see the the head coaching thing. I'm not. As concerned about, to be honest with you, because I think that if you have a, a roster that gives you options and you have guys that can contribute uh, at a high level on both ends th- there, you can make that work. You know, like most coaches who are going to come in are going to find a way to make that work. So that's why I say, like, yes, it is important. But my biggest like grade A number one concern right now is. Is what you get back in the Rudy deal and what you're gonna do with Mike Conley. Like that's those two guys are I think the number one priorities this offseason.
0: Yeah, and as they should be, I think. You know, it's one of those things where when you when you go back and look at what the Jazz are trying to do, um, I think you're in a you're in a really good position. I mean, you you obviously um I like the Cockburn signing, um, mm-hmm. the seven footer from Illinois. I really I, I mean, I think that he is a really good player to take to to summer league and I, I think somebody was talking about um, and I know I missed it but uh, somebody was talking about uh, Kai so- uh, Sato I believe is the way you pronounce it it's S-O-T-T-O uh, Sato um, the Philippines 7 I think he's 7-2 mm-hmm. um, the problem is that Kai lacks athletic ability um, he does not move well he is not a guy that I would describe as agile when you're 7-2 you better be able to move well and I think that you know, I, I think the Philippines is a strong basketball fan base, but I he he went undrafted. I didn't see where he wound up. Um, I don't know if he signed a, a free agent deal or a, a camp deal, mm-hmm. but I think the Jazz are doing all the right things. I think the Jazz are moving in the right direction, um, and I think that, you know, if you – I think you just have to chill. I think things will work themselves out. Kay Nuren says, Danny isn't stupid. He will wait for the right deal. Or, or trade to make the Jazz better. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, Jackson Graham, good morning to you. He says, it's hard when other teams make progress and the Jazz are groundhog day. Well, I, I don't know what, what other wow. teams around you are making progress. I mean, certainly when we look at, you know, when we look at, you know, winners and losers, which we're going to do here in about five minutes, I, uh, obviously teams like Oklahoma City, Houston, um, I think Detroit had a really good night in the draft last night. Um, but when you look around you, I think this Jazz team wasn't go- looking to to make progress with a young player through the draft. Yeah. Again, I think this is going to be a team that's going to build through free agency and continue to surround guys like Donovan Mitchell with talent. And if, if you can do that and you can remake this roster, I think they're going to make fine progress.
1: Yeah, and I think let, we, you don't want to be comparing the Utah Jazz to the Houston Rockets or the Detroit Pistons or – you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, like the, those teams are, are picking at the top of the draft for a reason. And, again, it, it, it's no disrespect to them, but there's a reason you're at the top of the draft. I, I mean, rules are rules. Like, setup is setup. Like, you lost enough games to be up there. And and that's why I say, like, again, it was never – the conversation was never, hey, the Jazz should try to trade into the top ten of the draft. I mean, that's just not – that's not where they are right now. I, I, I Instead, what I think it was is, like, All right. Like, yesterday in the show, I was talking about the fact that, hey, there is a decent chance that the Rudy Gobert deal does get done tonight because I think that the Jazz can kind of see an opportunity here. Like, okay, we can get, you know, obviously Vooch or, you know, Kobe White or, like, that package of players, but if we can mandate a first-round pick, even if we're in the 20s in the first round, let's say, like, low-end first-round pick— that's still an improvement, you know, and if you were able to get that, then maybe that's a deal you would consider. But clearly, again, not to be repetitive, but they didn't get that. They didn't see a deal last night that was worth it. And that's why nothing happened.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to, to see what happens with the Jazz. Tanner Plummer says, hey, Jake, what did you think of your boy Chet? Uh, hey getting drafted by OKC. Hey guys. I mean, I, I think that's exactly. What we I mean, I think it was know.
1: expected. I think that that Chet is is like I said yesterday. I think Chet's got to build his body, but I think that people know what he's capable of, and I think that Chet is is somebody who, who is a workhorse. I mean, by all reports, you know, he's a guy that they had to like you know, like forcibly keep out of the gym over the summer. And like he, so I have no doubts that Chet Holmgren is going to build his body and build his game. And, and I think, you know, if I'm being completely honest, I think it's probably going to take a couple of seasons for him to really find his own in the league as far as physicality is concerned. Cause that's the thing at the lower levels, he didn't need to play with a real physical edge because he's bigger than everybody. Well, now that's not the case, right? Yeah, like you are bigger than everybody, but you're not nearly as strong and that, or quick, and that's going to be what holds him back for a couple of seasons, I think. But I think he's going to be really
0: good. Yeah, I, I think that Chet wound up exactly where you needed him to. I mean, obviously, it was it was surprising, in my opinion, that Jabari Smith went three and Paulo Bancaro went number one. I mean, Bancaro, I think, is a, a wonderful talent. There's no doubt about that. But the thing that I really liked about what we saw from Jabari Smith last night is he was clearly pissed. Yeah. He was upset. And I I think if you're the Orlando Magic, you better watch out for the Rockets because he's going to be coming for day. Yeah, you know. Um, I, and I love that about Jabari Smith. And and again, I think Paolo Bancaro is probably the best pro player in this draft potentially, but Jabari Smith is right there. I think Jabari is going to be fantastic. And again, I think Houston all night long was truly one of the best players. But were you surprised? How surprised were you, Jake, that Bancaro went number one?
1: Um, I mean, I, I think – I mean, I wasn't super surprised just on a surface level that Bancaro went number one. However, what I am surprised about is that Orlando – Basically switched its entire opinion on who they should pick. Like, I mean, I mean, you, you for a long time were Jabari Smith, Jabari Smith, Jabari Smith, Jabari Smith. NBA draft night gets here, and all of a sudden you're Bankero, Bankero, Bankero. So I think what's interesting within that is that you know good organizations they don't they don't falter like that. They don't waver. They don't change their mind. They do their homework. They scout the hell out of these guys, and they make a decision and they have a plan ready to go. Heading into the draft, you know? And and so that's why I say, like again, with all due respect, the Orlando Magic are the Orlando Magic for a reason. You know, they're a team that's up and coming, that is young, that's not yeah. very good. Like you can't you can't switch course like that. That's what said,
0: but what don't you have in Orlando that you have in Houston? You don't have elite young guard play in Orlando. Yeah. You have Jalen Green, an elite young guard, who in my opinion is gonna be I think in the next three years, he's going to be one of the top five players in the league. And now you, you team him and you team Jabari Smith and you team Kenyon Martin Jr. together. Like you look at that group of players. This is why the Christian Wood trade makes perfect sense. Like, you look at that grouping of players, Jake, and and I think that the Houston Rockets, I, I think, have to be one of the winners.
1: Well, they're absolutely a problem in the league now. I mean, I, I think that, you know, again, what did we talk about with the Utah Jazz all year long, right? The the Christian would, you know, send it to overtime game as far as the Jazz are concerned. And, and that's why I say, like, the Rockets are, are – they've only gotten better. But, again, I can't emphasize this enough. While it feels like, I'm sure, for Utah Jazz fans – that a lot of these teams got better and and you didn't get better. You also got to understand that you're probably 30 wins better than the Houston Rockets right now just like as it sits here today even with that draft pick. So that's why I say Danny Ainge is not in a position to just roll out and make any deal and like just sort of slap this thing together if you will. Like it has to be the right deal that brings the right players back. And and that's why it's going to take time. But, yeah, I think Houston had a, a phenomenal night in the NBA draft.
0: Well, and I also think one of the losers in this draft is the Sacramento Kings. I don't know. Like, I look at their decision to pass on Ivy and go with Keegan Murray. And, again, I think – listen, I think, I think Keegan Murray's a great player. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's – what we saw of him at Iowa was great. But when I look at the the total package that Jade and Ivy from Purdue brings to the table, that's the kid you should have gone Savage. with. Savage. In, in my opinion, yeah. when you're the Kings and and you made the deal they made last year and you 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 hitched your wagon to De'Aaron Fox, you needed to go and get the best player available, it was Jade and Ivy? Keegan Murray's fine. Jaden Ivey's the guy you should have taken there. And when you talk about a team like Orlando and you talk about some of these good and bad teams, bad teams continue to make bad decisions throughout the draft, throughout free agency, during the season, hiring coaches. That's the Sacramento Kings to a T. The Kings continue to make questionable decisions at best. And you make a trade last year that, by all accounts, nobody has any idea what you were doing. And now you have a chance to make that right and draft Jaden Ivey. And again, it's not a slight on Keegan Murray; he may well go on to be the best player anybody's ever seen. Jaden Ivey's a stud. Yeah, he's got coaching in his bloodlines. His mom was a star at at Notre Dame, and his mom was explosive. Yeah, he she was a star in the WNBA. She's a great head coach. Yeah, he looks to be a prototypical NBA superstar. Yeah, and you passed on him. And you passed on him for a guy, by the way, in Keegan Murray, who wasn't exactly excited when he was asked about the prospect of going to Sacramento. <laughs> he I, he said something to the effective. But he said something to the effect of, well, it's not the worst result, or it's not the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Is that the answer you want from the guy who you drafted number what number four overall? Come on, man. You know, like bad teams. Make bad I mean, decisions. I
1: wouldn't be excited to go to the Kings either. I can't blame the kid. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be that excited about it. I, I think that there, there's, you know, what, 29 other teams or whatever it is in the league and, and you found your way to the Sacramento. I, we never win anything Kings. I mean, that's that's tough, bro. And yeah, you're you're damn right. The way they handled Tyrese Halliburton and the way that deal went down and, hey, Tyrese is expecting an an extension and you decide that you want to hitch your wagon to Sabonis? You want to trade for Sabonis so that De'Aaron Fox can be the guy with Sabonis? And you thought that that would take you to the postseason? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. That didn't really do anything for you. And that's why I say... You know, guys like Keegan Murray or any of these other guys that go to bad teams, I wouldn't have, I I would have some hesitations
0: as well. And then there's Jaden Ivey. Yeah. Where did Jaden Ivey end up? Well, he ended up with the Detroit Pistons, who I think had a phenomenal night last night. They wind up with Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran with the 13th. They're going to wind up buying out Kemba Walker. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to put a group of guys like Ivey. Cunningham, Durin, uh, are you serious with the Here's Detroit Pistons? Right, like night. now you look at the you look at these models of these bad teams at the lower end of the league. Well, look what Houston did. Houston went and got a bunch of young guys and they're bringing everybody up. Detroit yeah. went and got a bunch of young guys. Now they're bringing everybody up. You know, and I I, I think the other thing you got to remember is these teams aren't done. That's why now it makes sense. The Jeremy Grant trade makes sense. Um, you look at what you're hearing out of, out, out of uh, Houston that they're going to trade John Wall and, and Eric Gordon. And they're gonna they're gonna continue to do everything that they need to do to bring these young guys up. Yeah, and I think Detroit's doing the exact right thing. And I think Jake, I think Detroit is gonna be a force for several years, yeah, it, or in several years here. Yeah,
1: and I think that I, I mean, I think they're gonna be uh, much better just this coming season. I mean, I, I don't know about playoff better, but like, I think that they, they've, they've gotten much better last night. Like, I think that, I think that Cade Cunningham is is somebody who is going to be an all star level player for a long time. And I think that he brings you reliability, uh, and I think he he brings you stability as well. And I think that Cade Cunningham, you know, partnered with some of this talent that they got in the draft last night, and letting go of Jeremy Grant, uh, I think was really smart, I have to say. I think it was really smart front officing, if you will, uh, out of the Detroit Pistons, and I think that they've got a bright future. And it'll be really curious, again, as you said, all these bad teams that are sort of up and coming with all this young talent, who is that team that really breaks through first. Is it the Rockets? Is it the Pistons? Is it is it now Orlando? Because don't forget about a guy like Markel Foltz. Don't forget about all these other guys. You know, Cole Anthony. Like, they've got talent on that roster. Now, obviously, that talent's got to put it together and play good basketball. But, again, when you have talent, at least now you've got an opportunity to win some games.
0: Yeah, and I, I think when you look at, at a couple other teams that I want to point out, the G League Ignite, putting three guys into this draft, into the first round, I think is fantastic, or excuse me, two in the first, one in the 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 at thirty seven. But you you look at Dyson Daniels at eight to New Orleans, that's absolutely a win for the Ignite. You look at uh, Marjan Beauchamp, twenty four to Milwaukee, that's a win. Um, and I think Jaden Hardy thirty seven um, to Dallas. I, I mean, those three guys. I mean, that that's huge for the G League Ignite. That tells you that that path to the NBA is absolutely viable. Mm -hmm. They're putting guys into the first round of the NBA draft. That's a path where you can now get paid. If you don't want to go to college, you can get paid. And you can do your thing. Although, obviously, NIL deals change all of that completely. Right. But the G League Ignite is absolutely a place for young, talented players who don't necessarily want to go to college, don't necessarily want to go to Australia. This is a place now, the G League Ignite, where you can go and you can expect to get drafted into the first round of the NBA. Absolutely. Um, you know, of I, I the NBA draft. I think this is a big win. Um, for the for the G League Ignite. And then, my friends, there is the New York Knicks. And <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, when we talk about teams that are bad and consistently make the wrong decision, and we talk about Donovan Mitchell going to the Knicks, I just continue to ask, what are the New York Knicks doing? <laughs> and I know that this is, I know it's probably laugh-worthy, and I, I get it. But at what point does the NBA's, most important market who hasn't been relevant in over a decade. At what point do they get out of the doldrums? At what point does this team start taking steps in the right direction? And I understand the Kemba Walker thing. He was a bust there. I totally get that. I know they want Jalen Brunson, Mm -hmm. but here's the problem. You cleared all these picks and all, all this money and Jalen Brunson doesn't address your needs. No. So my question, Jake is, what the hell are the New York Knicks doing? Yeah,
1: I I, I don't have an answer for that, and I don't think a lot of people have the answer for that. And I think most people are asking the same question you just asked me. What are they doing? And I think that, you know, I I would throw the Knicks, the Kings, uh, several other teams into this mix of, like, dumb teams that do dumb things repeatedly that net them dumb results. And I think that, you know, I know that's harsh. I know that's, that's pretty brutal sounding. But ultimately, what would the Knicks be if, Dolan wasn't their owner. What would yeah. the Knicks be if they actually had an owner who cared and and who who actually was involved and who who actually wanted to win instead of just making money? I mean, it's a it's it is a travesty that that this low ass level of basketball is played you know several nights a year, obviously at Madison Square Garden. That is embarrassing for the league, and at some point it's got to change. But again. You can't force a change in ownership, really. I mean, you're just not. That's not. That's never going to happen right now. So that's why I say, like, it's it's really frustrating. I, I wish the Knicks were better. Honestly, I'm not a Knicks fan, but teams like the Knicks, the Celtics, the Bulls, the Lakers, like the original OG franchises those are the teams that the league needs to be good uh, in order to thrive and the Knicks are certainly that team that everyone talks about, but they're a laughingstock and that's unfortunate.
0: Yeah, and I think Alex Shacomb makes a great point. Are the Knicks really ke- clearing all this cap space to overpay Jalen Brunson? Yeah, you probably are. I mean they probably are because Jalen Brunson, thank you to the Utah Jazz, Jalen Brunson is going to get paid yeah he is. I mean he's a guy that and listen if this is if this is what the Knicks are doing, I, it's not a bad move to go and get Jalen Brunson, but he's not a guy that you build your franchise around, in my opinion. Yeah, so
1: secondary player. Yeah,
0: I, I just yeah, that's crazy to me. Tanner Plummer, my money is on the Rockets to break through before the magic and the pistons. Totally agree with hey, that. Guys. Totally agree. One round left. Good morning to you. Sometimes the best trade is no trade. Former jazz GM Kevin O'Connor would say. I totally agree with that. Uh, Jeremy Bolton brilliant plan on the jazz they made Brunson look like MJ out there during the playoffs so the Knicks had signed him that way they stay away from Donnie
1: I saw this out of out of out of a certain radio personality and Spence Checkets yesterday tweeting about that and I thought that was really interesting I I completely disagree that they made him look good intentionally obviously that no. didn't happen yeah um but you know it just is it's it's a frustrating thing because Jalen did go off against the Utah Jazz. Jalen did make them look silly. Jalen did dominate them. And, yeah. and ultimately, now we're here.
0: Funny thing about Spence checkett you bring him up. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess yesterday, and I, I don't get to listen to a whole lot of radio um, because I'm busy at the Yelpatory. But apparently yesterday, Spence was ripping our show on his um. show um, and talking about you know, X, Y, and Z and that we were – uh, we were tweeting about um, the Kyrie Irving situation and a bunch of dudes tweeted at us and I think it's so funny, yeah, that every radio show in this town is talking about us mm-hmm. And I I just don't understand it. like it is baffling to me that these guys continue to talk about us like it is so apparently Spence was upset or whatever he was, annoyed or whatever that I was tweeting about the Kyrie Irving situation, and he said something to the effect of, yeah, sure, like some guy that does a YouTube show has sources about Kyrie Irving. You know. And the the best part about that is, it's dumb luck. I just happen to be really close with a guy that's right in the middle of that situation. Like, it's dumb luck. And I've said this before, yeah. like, a guy I went to school with, was at the, it works at the Big 12. So I happened to know a guy in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And we tweeted a week ago about how Kyrie Irving wanted Miami or LA and that his relationship with LeBron James has been fine. Yeah. And then what do you know? Woj and Jake Fisher and everybody else is like, hey, Kyrie wants Miami and LA. (laughs) And it's like, it's not rocket science. I just happen to know a guy in the right, right place at the guy. right time. And so the funniest part about that is like Spence ripping us on his show. I appreciate you doing that. Knock, yourself, knock yourself out, man. Thanks, yeah. Spence. We appreciate you talking and about it. And that's a
1: funny thing. Like, everyone assumes that that like upsets us. It doesn't upset us. I mean, th- no. and this
0: is the beautiful thing. Again,
1: I say this every time we have this conversation that I don't have an allegiance to anybody in this damn town, right? I yeah. don't have. I don't need to be nice to the Utah Jazz. I respect the Utah Jazz. I respect them a ton. I think uh, I, I I think that you know the people we know in the Jazz. I respect them like the, like if there's a lot of respect there, but we do not have allegiance in this town. We do not have to say nice things. We do not have to pander to anybody, and that's what I love about it. And and and, and I'm just gonna keep saying this to you guys. All the people like all the comments, you know, like everybody who supports this channel, you guys are the reason that they're talking about us. Cause every day someone new finds this channel, likes, subscribes, participates, comments, and we're growing. We're absolutely growing. And again, I can't emphasize this enough. This show had very humble beginnings and it's growing because you guys are participating. And I really appreciate that, man. I really appreciate that. And, and I just don't think that these guys who are who are doing you know like actual like radio like at a radio station, I don't think that they understand the dynamic that's actually happening here. And and that's a greater conversation. But I just wanted to make sure that we said thank you because again, not being corny at all, totally genuine,
0: you guys are the only reason that that we're doing what we're what we're doing right now. Yeah, and I I think the interesting thing is that we we don't we can't hide from the things we've said. Like yeah. I mean. Our show is archived every single day on YouTube, and I encourage you to go back to November, December, when we started talking about the jazz stuff.
1: Um, go back to when Rudy signed his damn contract and what we said about it. Go back to what Mike, what we said about Mike Conley's deal when they signed that deal.
0: Yeah, go back. I, I, and, and again, I think... I actually like Spence's show. I try to listen yeah. pretty regularly. He's I, the I, only show that I'll
1: regularly listen to in, in, in the Valley. I can tell you that yeah, right now. I,
0: I don't know why, why he chose to get after us yesterday, but I, 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 it's not personal to me. You know, it's, it's not, I don't know him. I've never met Spence. Spence and I have never talked. I don't know him at all. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know anybody at ESPN 700. Like, I don't know. I've, I've never met Bill Riley. I don't know Porter, his producer. I don't know Spence. Like, I don't know those guys. I don't know. Like the other guy that came up was, was Sean O'Connell. I don't know Sean O'Connell. I know that everybody
1: w- thinks you know Sean O'Connell I know apparently. that
0: what Sean O'Connell tweeted and I guess he tweeted at me. Um and I I reached out to Sean, he didn't reach back out, which is fine. Sean was upset that I I I uh, 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 tweeted about something that uh, one of Rudy Gobert's guys told me um when he referred to Sean O'Connell's tweet as complete trash about the him or me thing. Mhm. And I tweeted that and Sean O'Connell was upset and was like, well, why didn't you, you know, why didn't you X, Y, or Z? I'm not, I don't at people. It creates it's, drama. There's no, there's no, you know, there's no win it. in it. Yeah. There's like, not, a, there's I not do a connection. That. There's
1: not a connection. And I think that that's what these guys don't understand. And again, I'm not trying to, you know, we're not looking to spend like, you know, a half hour on this or something crazy, but I just think it needs to be said. Like, like, I hope that Spence Checkets is listening to the show right now. I hope that guys like Bill Riley and like all the other guys in this town are listening to this show. Cause I don't give a damn if you talk about us or not. Yeah, it I doesn't could matter. I care less, dude. In fact, what I would tell you is every single day, someone new finds this show because of the power of the internet and and
0: and sticks around. We they, they but, don't have to like You know the other thing that I think is so funny is that it it's one of these things where he's ripping us for doing oh, some guy with a YouTube show. Well, where do you think your listeners are, bro? Like, I, I think this is the problem. Here's why I don't work in radio. And it's... And yeah, be honest, I'm bragging, man. Just yet. Yeah. Not, not that I'm bragging. We've had opportunities to do a show Several. here. Several. And we've not done it. Because guys like Spence, guys like... These guys that have always done radio and, and don't have the courage to step out of that, your listeners are on YouTube. Your listeners are on their phones. Your listeners... And we've seen this in Chicago. We've seen it in Charlotte, Nashville, Dallas. Across the country. I mean, all of these, like New York, all of these huge markets, their best talent are no longer on the radio. They're on YouTube. They're on websites. They're on platforms. Mm -hmm. Because you can't do this job when the Utah Jazz own your radio station. You can't do this job when you are aligned with and in bed with the University of Utah. You can't do this job when your radio station owns the Jazz and is owned wholly by BYU and the Church of La- uh, the Latter Day Saints, mm-hmm. the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter Day Saints owns Thanks. KSL, owns Bonneville, which has the rights to the Utah Jazz now. That obviously owns BYU. Like you can't be un—you know—you can't be unencumbered. Spence Chekets is mandated on a regular basis, I would assume, they have to talk about the Utes. They have to talk about RSL. Yeah. The re- main reason I turn off Spence chucketts on a regular basis is he will put on, uh, you know, like Elliot Fall the other day, who comes on his show, I think, every week. I could be wrong. That has no value to me. That has no value to me whatsoever. You know, like, it, it just... You know, like, knowing... Having Trey Fitzgerald on your show like three, four times a week—that's really difficult for me. You know, like it's—it's. I like Trey a lot. Like Trey treated me very well when I worked here. It's not that I don't like Trey or that I don't like RSL. It's the right now. I want to talk NBA and I want to talk college football. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. Yeah, and that's what I'm looking for. The reason that that you can't do that is because they have to talk RSL. Yeah, they have to talk Utah. They have to say good things about the Jazz. They can't give you the un- 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 undivided truth about BYU. Why are we winning on BYU? Why last football season did we have Connie, uh, Kalani Satake's interview details before anybody else? And it's on YouTube. Go back to last October, Please November. Do it. Please It's on YouTube. We we beat everybody on Kalani Sataki and Jaron Hall last year. And frankly, were we always right in our opinions? No, probably not. Were we always were we always accurate in the things that we believed? No, probably not. But our sourcing was never wrong on BYU. Yeah, we, we we are the only ones who told you about Kalani interviewing across the Pac-12. The only ones telling you that he he told um that he told Washington, hey, you know what? Because Washington asked Kalani Sataki, if we offer you this job, would your preference be to stay at BYU or to come to Washington? And he said, well, I I want to stay at BYU. That's why Kalani didn't get an offer from Washington, and who had that first? We did, and the reason that is is they reach out to us. BYU came to us. Yeah. The people at the Jazz came to us. Yep, we're. It, it's not like it's not like we're like, hey man, why don't you be our source? That doesn't work that way.
1: And it's not how the industry has ever worked.
0: Ever. I, I just listen. I just think it's it's interesting to me. Um, it's interesting to me that. This is what we've gone to. And what I think to traditional radio stations like KSL sports zone or ESPN 700 or whoever, at some point you can't keep doing what you've always done because it's always going to get you what you've always gotten. Yeah. And it is what it is. All right. If you're just tuning into the show, good morning. Good to see you. Um, the biggest stories in sports this morning in Utah, very clearly the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this situation last night, um, a lot of people are asking, is it concerning that the, the, the Jazz did not make a trade for Rudy Gobert? It's not. Um, I wouldn't be concerned about that at all. I think that this is just a process. And what you're seeing now is this is a process that's playing out. And there is a there's an end goal as it was explained to me by my sources at the Jazz yesterday. There's an end goal and there's a process to reach that goal. And they're not going to deviate from that process. And it, frankly, in my opinion, um, I think when you look at what the Utah Jazz did last night, there was no damage done. I mean, again, I, I think Kofi Cockburn's a great pickup. Mm-hmm. That's a he, frankly, he's the exact same player that Rudy Gobert is, you know, and he's a better player than Ozabuki is right? So I think they did nice things with their summer league signings and their their training camp deals. Um, but there is work to be done and there are deals coming for the Utah Jazz. So I don't I don't certainly believe that, they're not going to do anything. And as far as what's next for the Utah Jazz, I think their primary focus now is to move into the next phase of the offseason, which is, hey, we got to make a deal here. Yeah, And I think over the next week to 10 days, as we head for NBA free agency and the negotiating windows open, I think you're going to start to see that the Jazz are now in a position where they can see draft picks. Where they can see who drafted where and who ended up where and what deals can we make.
1: And it's smart to put yourself in that position. I mean, they I you totally know, agree. I, I think that I think that Danny Danny Ainge deserves a lot of credit for that. I, I think it would have been easy last night to to be a little hasty and try to get a deal done that maybe didn't get you the value back. Um, and and frankly, I said on the show yesterday that I wouldn't have been surprised, but at the same time, he didn't do that. And I love that about Danny Ainge. I love yeah. that he understands the value of Rudy Gobert. I love that he wants to be able to sit in his perch and look out over the landscape at all the different opportunities and say, okay, based on what they did in the draft, this tells me they're looking to do this. Can I leverage something there? Like He just wants to be able to see the entire landscape and then go out and make a deal. So I think I think it's smart, ultimately. I think yeah. it's smart.
0: I totally agree with that. And I, I think you're going to see deals are going to, are going to get done, and yeah. it's simply a matter of you know time. It's it's getting the right net in return. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's any doubt. Um, you know, an NBA sources told me yesterday that the the Bulls uh, are are still really wanting to make a a Rudy Gobert trade. I no. think I think one of the things you saw yesterday certainly was that the Bulls were not able um, to acquire more draft capital. Um, and I think that was one of the major roadblocks. Is if this deal was going to get done before the draft or on the draft. Somebody would have had to make a significant deal to add capital, and the Bulls were not able to do that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I still don't think that this means Rudy Gobert is staying. Um, I think you have a lot of real estate in front of you, and I think your prime season for making trades in the NBA is about to kick off, frankly. Um, the minute that teams are past focusing on the draft, it allows them to really realize, like I look at the Knicks and Jalen Brunson as a great example of this. Um, I think when you look at what your goals are and what you need to accomplish them, the Jazz goals are trading Boyan Bogdanovich and Rudy Gobert. And I think you're also going to see them move Mike Conley. I also have heard a lot about um, Royce O'Neal being involved in trades. He has value around the league. Yeah, he, he His salary is very reasonable. I also talked to a Jazz guy last night who was telling me that friendships and, and allegiances on the roster are are meaningless. And one of the, the reasons I asked that question is, Royce O'Neal and, and Donovan Mitchell are supposedly very close friends. I don't think that means that Royce is going to be here. Yeah. And I, I think that when you look at what the Jazz have in front of them, I think I would be very confident— that the Utah Jazz are going to trade, I, I would think three at least three players off of this current roster and three of their five starters. Um, I again would say I think they would like to hang on to Boyan Bogdanovich. I I truly do. Mm-hmm. The issue is he has value around the league. There are teams asking for Boyan Bogdanovich, and I I think that if if the right if the right call comes, they would trade Boyan. I have no doubt about that.
1: And he will every single time. Yes, he
0: will. I think the Jazz would much more like to trade Conley and Rudy Gobert. And I just don't think they're married to anybody but Donovan. And I, I truly don't believe they want to trade Jordan Clarkson. I think, as I've said for, for a long time now, I think they really like Jordan. I think they really like him culturally, the way he fits into their locker room. I think Jordan handled all of that, that noise and the distraction of the locker room issues last year. I think he handled it really well. And I think they recognize that. And I think they recognize that his game fits really well into most systems. So let's project and say, hey, you do hire Johnny Bryan or Will Hardy. And I think those are the two names that you you really are coming down to. Because, you know, I, I'm curious if Charles Lee is truly available um, or truly wanting to be available because I don't know that he is. Remember, he just got a big raise and a title bump with the Bucks, But I think Will Hardy and Johnny Bryan are your guys. And I think if you bring those two guys in, they're going to want to play at pace. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I think Jordan Clarkson plays very well at pace for the Utah Jazz, Jake. And I I, I think they would like to hang on to him.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with everything you said there,
0: 100%. You know, and I, it's interesting. Spencer Morgan is echoing the opinion of, of several people. Terry Stotts, Spencer says, uh, would be a great choice. I, the question I have is, what is the attraction to Terry Stotts? And this conversation about what you need in a head coach, I think this is a really critical conversation for the Jazz. Because the answer is, I don't know necessarily what you need in a head coach or if there is one specific thing you need. But I think what you need is, you need an assistant coach with developmental experience. And I think you need that younger profile, because usually an assistant coach is going to be a younger guy and, and I'll go with Will Hardy because that's the guy that I would hire. A guy like that, what Will brings to the table is youth, enthusiasm, and a new perspective. I know what Terry Stotts is as a head coach, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I know what Terry's done. Mm-hmm. I know how he runs his, his practices. I know how he structures his rotations. I know what that looks like. He hasn't won. And he's had really good rosters, and he hasn't won. You know? That gives me a little pause. I look at a guy like Hardy. I look at a guy like Johnny Bryant. Those are young coaches with new, fresh perspectives that can relate on a personal level to Donovan Mitchell. I think that's really important. I think Donovan Mitchell has to have a very close relationship with his next head coach. Mm -hmm. And at times, that wasn't the case with Quinn Snyder. And I think part of the issue is, that when you don't have that close personal relationship with your star player, accountability becomes a real question. And I think one of the things we saw that plagued this Jazz team the last two seasons was complete lack of accountability from the coaching staff to the players. And I think that that can no longer be the case, Jake. I think you have to have a a guy that's young, has a new, fresh perspective, and I think, again, I think somebody that will come in and get – Uh, close to Donovan on a personal level.
1: Yeah, and and I think the reason that Will Hardy should be the favorite or considered the favorite is, again, he's been through this process. What you're trying to do, Will Hardy's already done. Like, that needs to be said over and over again. Like, with the Celtics, he developed Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. He was part of that process. So why on earth would you want to sign a guy in Terry Stotts who who yes has experience no doubt is a good head coach i mean i don't think anybody would question that but but we're not looking for a good head coach we're looking for the right head coach we're looking for somebody who checks multiple boxes not just somebody who 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 is a line item on a spreadsheet to fill a slot you know and that's why i think that that while i respect terry stotts and i love his career love what he did in portland just not a winner and a guy that I think is just a, a bridge guy, meaning that, hey, we're here. We need a couple of seasons. Go ahead and be our head coach for now. Like, I think that's what Terry Stotts does great. But I don't think that's what the Jazz want, uh, frankly. I think that the Utah Jazz want someone who's energetic, want someone that has a young, fresh voice, want someone yeah. that brings tenacity. And, yeah, I think all those things you were talking about, like relating to Donovan Mitchell, you know, being a younger guy, like I think all of those things help. And that's, I think, the only concern with someone like Will Hardy or Johnny Bryan. And and Danny talked about this in that little interview they did with David Locke at the at the practice facility. Yes, uh, two weeks ago, I think it was. Danny talked about the fact that the concern, not concern, but the thing that he's considering with hiring younger head coaches is that the challenge with that is they may not have, you know, a full staff of guys that they need that they can just bring in. You know, like when you hire. Yeah, Terry Stotts, let's say, or Mike D'Antoni, or whoever. You know, like when you hire Doc Rivers, let's say, Doc's got a whole slew of guys that he's going to bring in as part of his team because he's been around forever. Will Hardy doesn't have that. Johnny Bryan doesn't have that. So that's the other challenge you have to consider when you hire younger head
0: coaches as well. But I also think that's why you're interviewing. Terry Stotts. Yeah, and that's a great
1: point. I've always loved this. You know, like he could come in and be, if he's open to it, he could come in and be an executive assistant or lead, lead, you know, assistant or whatever. I think that's that's great. And that's why I
0: said earlier, if you're just tuning in, we were talking about this, and I said I'd really pay attention to Mike D'Antoni in Charlotte. If if Mike doesn't get that job in Charlotte, and and by all accounts he's already met with Michael Jordan, um, but did not get hired. Um, and maybe they're just going to – re. and Woj, I think, reported yesterday that the Charlotte Hornets are completely reopening their coaching search um, because the guy they wanted to hire um, didn't take the job. Yeah, that whole Kenny Atkinson situation it was, was weird. not great. It was weird. Yeah. But Kenny decided to go back to Golden State, and now it puts Charlotte back in the, the, the square one box. Mm-hmm. So they're reopening. That doesn't mean that Tony won't get that job. Um, But if he doesn't get that job, that's a guy that you got to go to right now and say, hey, you know, what would you think of being Johnny Bryant, Will Hardy, Sam Cassell's lead assistant? Um, Because I think that's exactly what you need. And, And again, I still maintain the value in talking to a guy like Terry Stotts is not to hire him as your head coach. The value in talking to a guy like Terry Stotts is his perspective. His experience, his feelings. What has he seen about your players? What has he seen about your team? What has he seen about the way you guys do business? And I think one of the other things, Jake, that is so important is we've got to stop talking about who the Jazz have always hired. And one of the narratives about this team, and one of the guys I talked to at the Jazz said this to me the other day. What makes you think that those narratives from five years ago are still the same narratives that are true now? Because one of the the storylines that we talk about is well, hey, you know, it took six weeks to hire Quinn Snyder so it's going to take six weeks to hire the next coach. Yeah,
1: that was a big narrative around here.
0: That's eight, nine years ago, man. Yeah, And I understand that that's how things had always been. But if we've learned anything from Ryan Smith, Ryan Smith isn't doing it the way the Millers did it. Ryan Smith is doing it the way he wants to do it, for better or for worse. Ryan Smith is going to do Ryan Smith, which I'm thrilled with. Yeah. They're not following your timeline. They're following their own timeline. And I think we have to get away from it. I think Tanner was talking about how – uh, you know, we need somebody like Jerry Sloan. I, I think we need the complete opposite of Jerry Sloan. I think you need a young guy who's not going to come in and battle Darren Williams. You need a young guy who's going to embrace culture, who's going to embrace that this is now a player's league, that this league, and if we learned anything from Mimei Yudoka in Boston, I think one of the things you saw is he built a system to play to the strengths of Jason Tatum. Yeah, He built a system to rotate three other guys around Jalen and Jason. And that is exactly why they got better. And what did he do? He brought in team defense, team defense first. And they were not good the first half of the season. They struggled, frankly. They were a mid-table team in the Eastern Conference. And then as we saw them get past the All-Star break, and we saw them start finding their feet a little bit, and we saw them get away from, are we going to trade Jalen? Are we going to trade Marcus Smart? They came together as a team. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. And I think when you see the way that team came together, one of the reasons I really want Will Hardy is he's in the room, he's there, he watched the he's way he's done what they're trying to yeah, do, bro. And, and he he watched the way they built that Celtics team, yes. and that's why I'm telling you, yes. I think you need that kind of experience. I'm not saying that that Terry Stotts is a bad coach or would be a terrible hire because he wouldn't be a terrible hire, but he's not the right hire in my opinion. Yeah. So wow. I, I think it is a fascinating conversation. I think it is very interesting to see exactly who the Utah Jazz hire. And I wonder who's the former player that's going to be on that next coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's no doubt Alex Jensen's here. There, there is no doubt about that. My question is, do you get a, you know, obviously Joe Ingles comes to mind. Do you get that ilk of player? Do you get a Sam Cassell-type player? Udonis Haslam-type player. A, a guy like that. Yeah. Do you get that guy? Do you get somebody that Andre comes in, Iguodala. D- yeah, who's going to be a player coach, it looks like, with Golden State, by yes. the way. But do you get that guy to come in and be part of culture building, be part of the detail building that has to be part of any successful NBA team? I hope so. And I, I think that one of the things that Danny's done in his history is – He's been really smart with the way he's structured his coaching staffs and development departments, and I'm really looking forward to getting a coach in here and then seeing who Danny brings in with that coach to be his lead assistant Mm -hmm. because I am convinced from what people are telling me they're going to hire a young, current assistant head coach in the league. And one, I don't think it's Sam Cassell. There's just – nobody said that Sam Cassell didn't do well. Nobody has said that Sam Cassell is not getting the job. Yeah. Something feels off about the Sam Cassell situation. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but I haven't heard the, like Will Hardy knocked his interview out of the park. Like that was a grand slam walk-off game seven home run. Yeah. Interview for Will Hardy. Yeah. That's not the case for Sam Cassell. Something felt off. I Listen, I, we're in, in a strange time. I, nobody, and I want to make this clear, nobody has said to me, hey, Sam Cassell had a terrible interview or it just feels it's like. It's an instinct thing. Yeah, it just feels like something was amiss there. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, the Nye Guy, good morning too. He says, it wasn't all unicorns farting pixie dust with Quinn's guys. It was time for him to leave. Embrace the change. Yeah, I, I think it was. And again, i if it was me, I would have liked to have had Quinn Snyder remain as the head coach. But he's not here. Yeah, it's not how it so worked out. So you have a real opportunity now. And this, the one thing that was very clear coming out of last season, this team needs a culture change. Yes. This team needs a new vibe and feeling in the locker room. And I think you're going to get that. I, I truly do. Uh, Jordan, or excuse me, John Jackson, do you think Quinn Snyder feels disappointed in his coaching or disappointed in the office? I think that's an easy answer. I don't think Quinn Snyder feels disappointed at all. That's my answer. I think Quinn Snyder needed a break. I think there was burnout. I think there was frustration. Losing does terrible things to your character.
1: I think that Quinn Snyder, and again, this is my opinion, I think that while some of that is true, what you were saying, my feeling for Quinn is that if the Jazz would have said, hey, yeah, we're going we're gonna to give you some say here. We're going to let you kind of decide what players that we kind of want to go after and, and how we want to approach this, and we're going to build a roster that really caters to your system. Then I think Quinn could have got over the losing. I think Quinn could have could have moved on from all of that because it's sort of a new beginning. But that's not what they said. They said, "No, we're not doing that. You know, we're not we're going to build this team how we want to build it and we would love for you to be here. We don't want you to leave, but uh, but that setup is
0: just not going to be realistic." So that's why he left. Yeah, and I think that very clearly and again, this is just my opinion, but I think very clearly there were issues between Quinn and and Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge, and I think that Quinn Snyder wanted different voices at the trade deadline, and that's why that presser and was just it, so it, it didn't you know, happen. Yeah, you know, like, like so. Yeah, I look at I look at where where they are now, and I don't know when I when I look at who's going to be the next head coach of the Utah Jazz. I Again, if I'm a betting man, my money's on Will Hardy or Johnny Bryant.
1: I think Will Hardy is the best you could do.
0: I think he's absolutely I think he'd be a phenomenal the best hire. you could do. Yeah. I think he would be a phenomenal hire. Yeah. I I, I really do. Uh, Alex Chacon says, I, w- I would be burnt out, too, if I had to deal with Dennis Lindsay for eight years. And that's what I mean, well, dude. Like They had a really good, and the truth about that is, and a lot of people ask me about this, Quinn Snyder and Dennis Lindsay had a good working relationship, I believe, for the first four years Quinn was here. Mm -hmm. And then there were some cracks in the armor, and that relationship began to falter. They butted heads, significantly butted heads over Rudy Gobert. And And the way that Quinn was using Rudy, they butted heads over rotations. And I think that one of the main reasons that Dennis Lindsay was gone the way he was gone is because Quinn Snyder did not want to work with, with Dennis Lindsay anymore. Mm. And when when Ryan took over the team, I, I don't think there was any doubt that they were making that move. And I think that they chose Quinn over Dennis, and that was exactly the right move to make. Venom and vitriol. And, you know, listen, I think when you look at the issues on this club, I think a lot of them are Dennis Lindsay made. And that's why this process that's playing out I mean, think of it as you're standing in your backyard and you got to dig a 10-foot hole that's full of mud. Yep. That's exactly what Danny Ainge is doing. He's got a shovel in his hands and, you know, I I think there's you're a lot of – You're digging
1: a 10-foot of, ditch with a little shovel in your hands. It's going to take some time. Yep,
0: yeah, I would totally agree. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, uh, Neville93, I looked at his Insta last night and he still had his jazz stuff there. Not sure what people saw. Um, Let's see. What did Neville ninety three said? Um Neville ninety three said, I'll be seeing that Rudy Gobert scrubbed the jazz off his Instagram page or something like that. What he did is he took out Utah Jazz out of his bio. Yeah. And he put deuces in the bio and then he put a picture of himself looking down at the deuces. He's leaving. Yeah. That's there and he did that across his social media. Yep. Rudy Gobert's leaving. Yep. I mean, and I, I, I don't think that's a surprise. I think, and, and again, we've reported this for months. Yeah. He is unhappy with being a scapegoat. Y'all feel me? Rudy Gobert has taken a lot of heat for the defensive struggles of this team. The
1: Terrence man corner stuff, I'm going to go ahead and say, got to Rudy Gobert.
0: Yeah. And I. I As just, it should, by the way. As it should. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that Rudy Gobert, and you know what, Holabilly, I don't disagree. I would do that too if I were Rudy. Yeah. I, I think Rudy Gobert's had a tough stretch here lately. I, I really do. I think I think it's it's been very difficult. And that's why I say the next head coach of this team, you can't get this hire wrong. So there's no reason to hurry. Everybody was like, Well, why are they gotta hire a coach before the draft? They do? Why? it's a uh, it's not that's not part of the the mandate
1: well I, I don't think there is a mandate that's a see that's the thing i think it's an it's an opinion based conversation some people are going to tell you hey hire the head coach then build a roster suited to that head coach's strategy other people are going to tell you hey build your roster you know put put a team together that you know can be uh can be a winner and then hire a coach to fit that team so it's sort of this chicken and egg type conversation and that's why i say like I don't think there are rules around how Dennis, or I'm sorry, not Dennis, Lindsay. he ain't here anymore. How Danny Ainge has to handle this. I think Danny Ainge again is 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 experienced and knows what he's doing. And by the way, you think Danny Ainge don't has doesn't have a relationship with Will Hardy? You like you got another thing coming. Those two know each other quite well. Yeah, I would well. agree.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. Can we can we move off the 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 sports now and move to let's the non-sports? Yeah, let's go somewhere, Senator Cruz. Yeah can't let's go to it let's go to the metaverse because this topic is fascinating to me i love this mm-hmm. people are buying real estate at a very high level in the metaverse and i don't understand this so first of all jake do you have a firm grasp on what the metaverse is
1: the metaverse to me is like a digital landscape that that um, people are trying to leverage, but I think in reality what it is is it's just another way for the rich to take advantage of the poor. I think it's going to be packaged as, "Hey, this is like the bright new thing, and this is the cool thing, shiny and, new toy." You know, like it's it's just that thing. And, and what I, the issue I have with it is. A, right now, how many people are going to go out and buy an Oculus just to access the metaverse, number one? Number two, how many people have the time to sit around on their couch and just chill while they're in the metaverse? Number three, when is it going to come out that you can stream the metaverse and like try to make money off of that? Because that's the only way it's going to take off. That's what has to happen
0: for any of this to grab traction. So I just I just think it's not viable right now. Say good morning to Mrs. Monty. Whoa, whoa, whoa. that is. Whoa, not, that that's is the blinds. Oh, that's hey, Mrs. Monty. Hey All
1: right, we're gonna hey we're gonna now. zoom out here a little bit. Got to dial in the shot a little bit. Yeah, get the rack
0: in there. Yeah, uh, you know. By
1: the way, the camera. <laughs> you know, look. The camera looks a little better today. We did some
0: work on it. You know, so you know, we're in a good spot. Mrs. Monty, do you and describe for me a little bit. Run on a little bit because I think you have a different perspective about this. What is the metaverse and what does it mean to you?
2: The metaverse is just the extension of, like, being able to live in a video game. It's an alternate reality, right? And uh, we watched a really interesting show, like the first episode of, oh, shoot, I should have written down the name. But anyways, on Netflix. And the first episode was talking about the the swatter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It it started from uh, a whole group of people playing Call of Duty. And then the whole swatting trend and the one, there was several people got convicted. But what was interesting is they did show two uh, perspectives of young people. And one girl was saying that like in, in the game, like in the sim, when she could be whoever she wanted to be, it felt better to her. So I do think there are some people uh, who maybe it's a social anxiety thing. Maybe it's an access thing that, It will appeal to be in in the metaverse, but I do agree with Jake that, like, how many people are going to be doing this, and who the hell has time? But
0: do we even know what the metaverse is? Yeah, so we we got to roll
1: out some of these numbers, right? So, like, 3%. um, So, there was a study done, and
0: people were asked, um, have you bought real estate in the metaverse? Mm Mm-hmm and the results are 3% have purchased real estate 8% in the
2: metaverse in the
1: metaverse
0: but in the metaverse. how
2: many people were asked this
1: I, I i don't have the i don't have that number on me
0: do we know it's adults 18 plus they didn't have a number of how many people how many people were asked
2: That's bad data
1: well 8% have not purchased but are interested 52% don't even know what the metaverse is 52% That's crazy. of all people polled how many ever people that was like and I don't think that your average American knows what the metaverse is. I don't think – I think the metaverse gets lumped in with, like, Bitcoin and, like, NFTs and, like, there's all this digitalness happening. And I think people I'm are sorry, just confused digitalness? About it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Digitalness. He
0: said digitalness. do not fucking real. <laughs> right? okay. yeah. I don't think but that's
2: – But I do think that it, it's, it's foolish. Um, you know, we've seen with video games – we've played video games where, you know, you want to buy a, a better – Costume, a better weapon, like that you can spend a couple of bucks. Right, you, spend... you want to
0: rank up because you drunk up, uh, you had a lot of, um, you know, Mountain Dew, Diet Mountain Dew, and you got a lot of triple XP.
2: Right, totally. Oh. So I got, um, I got, but I like, got a rifle that's
0: get the blue camo on it. If you're you know. spending,
2: you know, you know, twenty bucks, uh, to to do that, but people are literally spending hundreds of thousands, thousands for real estate. It is not real. It is not real. It is Let's, not
0: real property. And it
2: is not real property. Can we you call it are fake spending estate? Money on fake estate. But Thank yo, you. but yo, <laughs> fake estate.
0: but yo, I, I live fake next estate. to. I live next to Snoop Dogg. Do, you, do you, and we no, smoke? No, you don't. Weed. What, what? what a loser? What do you? you mean I, this, don't. Did, the, the blunts and the weed and the Snoop yeah. Dogg and, it's, and in so, the metaverse.
2: That I think the metaverse <coughs> will always exist. It's going to have. Uh, um. A group of people who will thrive there, but it is there's a lot you think of issues. So? Oh, I think it will always... How long have video games existed? What are some of the longest running video games? Call of Duty. Call of Duty, Halo. These are things that What's have been it, around... What's the, the other
0: one where you jump out of the plane now into Fortnite. the... Fortnite. Fortnite.
2: Fortnite's huge. They, huge. So there will be people. There's going to be a small percentage, but uh, and uh if I... Had thought about this I'd look up how, What's the population Of the earth It's earth. going to be A tiny amount And it will always Be there So th- it will be there I get it The metaverse Is going to make money Meta is going to Make money off of it But please You are not You are buying Fake estate <laughs> In Thank you Jake For coining the term <laughs> Fake estate yes. In the metaverse
0: By the way There's Stop. 7.753 billion People on the earth Just so you can and Go how to And how many pound do pound. you think
2: Are going to be In the metaverse <laughs>
0: You can go to Pound Town. There can't be more than 100,000. A million, two million, I, I A grain you'll, of you'll, sand I on the beach. I think you
2: might get 100 million. Oh, stop. I do. I think you might get but a dude, that's that's not, 100 million. You think there's 100 million people no, in the she's metaverse? Saying, no,
1: she's saying that it could get to
0: that point. And yeah. I don't disagree. Oh, like, that's okay. not, so at some point. But at like, some okay, point. Okay, okay, okay. But
2: sure. you're not going to... It's going to be a small yeah. percentage. Yeah, but like 100 million
1: is not a lot of people... In comparison to seven, whatever that seven, seven and a half billion people, That's not a lot of people. No, it's a small
2: percentage.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, but, but here's the here's the question, though. This is the real question, and Jake is going to explain this story as well. Mm-hmm. Jake, yeah. should people in the metaverse be able to unsend iOS messages? Yeah. So
1: mm-hmm. Apple rolled out new uh, iOS sixteen, which allows you to to unsend text messages. The problem is, is that in order to access that feature, the person you're sending the text message to. Has to uh, have iOS 16 as well. So there's been a lot of confusion around, like, all right, well, how do you know if someone has iOS 16? And by the way, this isn't just for text messages. This is also, or this is just for iMessage. So when I heard this, I was like, man, this is this is not a this is not a uh, a good feature because n- not many people. Are going to have it but then you had said that you know automatic updates and technology and different things happening you know
2: yeah i think for the most part when when we're looking at at the issue with it most people have automatic updates so it's going to update that and and more than likely the person that you're talking to but i think the reason why they did this is pressure from other apps that are being used around the globe whatsapp You can delete it, Telegram, Um, you can delete it, disappearing messages, that kind of a thing. But isn't that
0: that the right reason to do this? I think that's the right reason to do it. Yeah, can you unsend the nudes
1: everybody's sending, or what are we talking about here? I mean, is that what we can do in iOS 16 Have you ever sent a nude? No,
0: never sent one. Mrs. Monty, have you ever sent a nude?
2: To my husband.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, buddy. Damn right um, she is. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, the point is, I think this is is really smart by Apple because I think yeah. when you look at the way the world is working, I think one of the things we've learned in, in Ukraine is that you have to have the ability to be private. And if you look at all these apps, like I can tell you, it infuriates me that people use disappearing mode or whatever it's Vanishing called. Vanishing mode. Vanishing mode. I hate that. But you have to have that capability now you know. because your consumer demands it.
1: Yeah, I wonder if, uh, you know, guys guys who are doing bad things in the world, like how different would the Jeffrey Epstein situation have been if they could have deleted all those text messages oh and all the God. information? Like, now, I, that's what I think about.
2: Now, here's what I would wonder, and we'd have to look at the small print. Yeah. Do they really disappear from your from your record from like the data log, yeah, yeah. From your data you mean log. like
0: your your digital footprint? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: And I would bet uh, probably not. Bet they do not, because those companies have to protect themselves from stalkers, from uh, mm-hmm. domestic abusers, from people who are going to abuse the ability to have that disappear. Um, I think that there's always going to be some sort of a, a marker within your own phone that if it was subpoenaed, yeah, they, that they had could to access. get those records. Yeah, that it could be proven.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 It's a very slippery slope. I think the consumer demands it. Yeah. I, I think the consumer absolutely demands it. What the consumer doesn't demand is having ads inserted into your Netflix. You're welcome. Oh, man, this is a big Mm-mm. one. So Mm-mm. Netflix has announced that they are going to have a tier where you are going to be able to pay less, but they are going to insert ads on that tier. But I think we all know where this is going. Netflix is is in, they've laid off a ton of employees. Mm-hmm. They're hemorrhaging money because, frankly, they way overbought on content. They, I mean, they put out so much money to content creators. I mean, billions and billions of dollars. They're so in debt. They have no choice but to take ads. Yeah, And I don't think there's any doubt, and this could just be me, I don't think there's any doubt that in the future, Netflix is going to have full ads on their platform.
2: Yeah, and
1: I mean, I think I, it's, it's a frustrating thing.
2: Mm-mm, no, I will 100% cancel my account. And I have had Netflix since I used to get it in my mailbox. 100% would cancel my account if you force me to take ads. I pay to now? not have ads. That is also why I don't use Facebook. If I could pay to not have ads on Facebook, I would actually pay to not have ads on Facebook. But it's more advantageous for them to have ads. Mm-hmm. So, but like... But, if if Netflix did that to me, knowing that I can have Prime and have no ads, I think they would also lose content creators if they forced a hundred percent ads. Yeah. Now I understand you want to offer a lower tier. You want there's a lot of people who don't want to pay that full price. Okay, cool. Uh, like no. offer that as a lower <laughs> tier, and you could do that, but. Do not force it on the people who are paying your full price. Well,
0: first of all, was that a euphemism when you said that time you had it in your mailbox? Was that a euphemism? Anyway, point is, uh, Netflix. uh, You know, um, I mean, um, the point is, Netflix laid off another three hundred employees in a new round of layoffs yesterday. Right. I don't know where Netflix is going, but when you look at streaming services. The more and more that we watch stuff on stream, the more I like Netflix. Netflix, in my opinion, has the best content. Like the David Mm -hmm. Letterman show, um, where he does that interview thing. Um, I really like that. I, I I like all the stuff that they have. Their original series, Jerry Seinfeld, comedies, coffee, drinking your mom in a car.
1: Drive to Survive, Stranger yeah. Things. Yeah, uh, Stranger Things, my God. Squid Ozarks. Games, Peaky Blinders.
0: Ozarks, Squid Peaky Games. Peaky Blinders is huge. Yeah, I mean, I think Netflix has the best content. Yeah. Yes. But I just Queer think they got to get their business in mind. I actually really like Queer Eye. Queer Eye is amazing and mind. they've
2: done such a good job with building that brand. Uh, you know, it, Netflix, I don't think they're going anywhere. They're doing great. They have the best content. Don't mess it up Netflix.
0: Jeremy Bolton wants the um, Rappaport you vaccine MF or drop for those who buy real estate on the metaverse. Okay. I got it. Let let me go digging here. Jake's got to dig through the digging yeah down. like fifty deep. fifty pages we, here. Of we are like, digging deep. You know, of
1: like fifty We're pages of drops here. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll yeah. find it. Move on to the next one. Mel,
0: Mel, uh, Mel Gibson, take my money. Most of the uh, Al- Alex Shicone says most of the streaming services do this already. They do. Do they really? Most of the streaming services insert ads already.
2: Not, not on. I wouldn't say that. Not on Prime. I don't see ads on Prime. Yeah, I wouldn't. We, I wouldn't. Yeah, say we, that.
0: we were watching SVU on Prime last weekend.
2: Now, Peacock. I haven't seen that. I don't know. If, uh, I Hawk. The, who, who, know, who the
1: hell even watches Peacock? Okay, like, does anybody I, even watch I, Peacock?
2: I, I got Peacock I don't for know. the Olympics coverage. That was the original. But don't reason, we also don't we also get it free? I pay five dollars a month. I get a five dollar credit on my Amex bill, so I don't give it. I don't care. I don't really watch that much, but it does have all of the Law and Order, like all the seasons of Law and Order, all the seasons of Chicago. As for you, yeah. So uh, it's good. It's an it's a, a zero. Look at, cost
0: but look at Paramount Plus, and, and I don't know how many people can see this. I don't know if I can insert this in front of Jake's face. That's Paramount Plus. <laughs> T- tweeting at me about the new Beavis and Butthead uh-huh. uh, you know like wanting me to retweet that like they have to do stuff like this mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. have to there's no way for people like Netflix and Hulu, the Hulus of the world now I'll be honest with you and say I've never even turned on Hulu I don't nope. know a thing about it I've never mm. looked at it but we use Amazon Prime and Netflix primarily yeah. and then for on demand I'm a direct TV com- customer so I always have been and I probably always will be right but like HBO Plus, and we get, I, because we're Amex Platinum members, uh, well, and mainly that means I'm a pimp. Anyway, the point is, um, because I have a card that has no limit because I'm a millionaire. the right. right. Fucking vaccination right. genius scientific right. expert, you Stop fucking asshole. Yourself. You, you choose to play so. that drop now yes.
2: while I'm I pimping out. I I had out. to look for it. I had to, to look for
0: it. Anyways, there you go, Jeremy Bolton. But my point is, we get it free through Amex. Having an Amex Platinum card, I think we get Amex Platinum. I think we get Paramount free or Peacock or whatever. We get
2: pe- I get a credit for my Peacock, but like you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't laugh. James. Um. James, James. Knight who says you guys need to like be mindful that. not to lose the ability to have real time interaction with your subscribers. At what makes this show great? Yeah. We have a we have a ton of interaction on this show. Like we put the we now put the comments Wait, on who the stream. Said that? Who said that? James Knight said that.
2: James. Yeah. What do you mean? I feel. Mean, we, we, I feel yeah. What do you? James, I know it's a cold, dark winter right now. Every day in the other half of the hemisphere. Hey, don't be nice to him. Are you going to be
0: okay? No, because he still hasn't sent us our four X gold that he owes us. Do you have to be nice (sighs) to stupid people? Yeah, don't be nice to James Knight. (laughs) What a jerk! I'm kidding. Talking with Raphael podcast says I have Comcast Xfinity. Uh, You get Peacock for free with that. Oh, I didn't know that.
2: Uh, uh, There's a lot. A lot of like cell phone plans will give you something Mm -hmm. free. You know they they build it in, but anyways, Netflix. Don't try it. Don't try putting ads. Don't in, do in it. my show. Don't do it. The whole like the whole reason why I pay the money for Netflix that I do, which is not a ton of money, right? It's like the same as a fast. It's not food about meal. the money. It's
1: about the premise. It's I want to be able to stream
2: shows. I want to be able to binge watch a show until you yes. question if I'm still alive. Yes. That yes. is why I have Netflix. I wanna...
0: All right. Finally. Finally, let's talk about what I did yesterday, which is I got a continuous glucose monitor monitor hey guys now I want to make this really clear. I am not diabetic. I'm not pre-diabetic. I'm none of that. I 100% have been chasing a continuous glucose monitor because I'm trying to understand the impact that my food has on me. But as I found out the hard way a they're super expensive. And you can only get one if you have a prescription. So I actually reached out to my doctor and he did a pretty good job. He like was questioning me on why. And what I said to my doctor is, hey, I want to understand the impact as I go through this weight loss fitness thing that I'm trying to accomplish. I want to understand the impact that my food is having on my my blood sugar, because that's a huge part of losing weight. So right. I got to tell you, he he wrote me a prescription for a this Libre Two thing, mm-hmm. um, and Freestyle Libre Two, it's called, and and you get this cool app. with Why it. do
1: I feel like I've seen a commercial on this? I feel like I've heard. Do they that. Run, yeah, they, they yeah, run, they they the Freestyle Libre Two. I feel like and I've heard.
2: They before. do. the arm yeah. glucose monitors are are like the newest, you know, technology, and it's okay, just but way but, easier.
0: But I got to tell you, that was. <laughs>
2: He panicked. I'm such a child.
0: So I don't know if you guys can see it. It's right. Where is it? It's right here. You got to do your single up, bro. On the the back of my arm. I can't do the single up. It's on Mrs. Mrs. Monty. Monty. Uh, But I have this little circle on the back of my arm. But it's got a needle in the back of it. And it's not a big needle, frankly. And I actually had anxiety over it. Uh And so Mrs. Monty took the thing out of the box. She opened it up. We looked at the needle. She put it on. They give you this little thing that you put on your arm and you push it and it puts the thing on your arm. I'd love it to be wider. You know, um, you don't even feel it going on your arm. Like I can't feel it now. And I didn't, I like, I've had nothing. I felt a little tingling once it started working, but this is the easiest thing. So you get this, you get this app that they give you and all you do is you, you put it on the thing.
1: Put it on the thing, yeah. Uh huh. And,
0: it's and it gives you a it gives you a reading, and it tells you, hey, your glucose score is one hundred and one, and it tells you, it gives you a a graph, and I don't know. So, if like, you guys what's can a good
1: score? Like, what is what what are you looking for? With well, this? you what want apparently
0: the... you want to be under, I guess, under one ninety. And no, one ten, I thought. No, no, it's it's they give you a range, oh. like you. Yeah, they tell you what. And is your, the
1: range personalized to you after?
0: It like, yeah, based you, on your. Like, it, it it it's a learning device, and they tell you what a good range is. Now, when you eat, you you know. your your glucose is going to go up. So okay, you know, but are you at all? What are your thoughts on? Because you're skeptical about this.
2: Um, Uh, I was skeptical about it. I would be interested in in learning about it because I do think you know as you age you you get more uh, impact from um, from food on your on your glucose stability. So I would be interested in. I'm very interested to see what you learn out of it. Me too. Um, But and let's just make clear this is not an ad. He is not endorsed by. No, I'm not at all. Like he just was curious he's seen other people who have been getting some good information about what food impacts their bodies so yeah
0: so yeah so i'm excited about it i'm excited about it i'll keep you up to date on it i think it's it's a fun little thing that we get to do so yeah it's a journey yeah follow me on uh twitter instagram and tiktok the monty show you can follow jake SLC Supercars and you can follow Mrs. Monty at She Explores Utah. Hey, great week on the show. Appreciate you guys supporting us. Thank you so much. Um, And, you know, the only thing we ask is that, hey, watch the show, tell us what you think and we'll deliver the same product every single day. We appreciate you being here until Monday.